Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For today's episode, I am taking you back to the year 2000 on Valentine's Day, when a mother in Shelby, North Carolina, woke up to find that her nine-year-old daughter, Asia Degree, was missing. What came next was a decade-long search that yielded very little answers. So today, I am asking you, have you seen Little Asia Degree? My name is Sophia Talley, and this is True Crime In It. The adorable Asia Degree was born on August 5, 1990 in Shelby, North Carolina. Asia grew up in a loving and religious household under the care of her hardworking parents, Harold and Ikila Degree. She has an older brother named O'Brien. Both the Degree children were heavily sheltered from the world as a way to protect them. They did not socialize outside of their family, church, or school. And the family did not own a computer. The degrees pretty much stayed in their own bubble. After school, both children would come straight home and they would let themselves in because their parents would still be working until later that evening. Asia was reportedly a kind, well-behaved girl who was very shy and almost too cautious. And the degrees were just your average family until February 14th, 2000. At the time, Asia was just your average nine-year-old in the fourth grade. But at 2.30 a.m., her father, Harold, checked on her brother, O'Brien, and Asia before going to bed himself. The two siblings shared a room, and when Harold opened the door, he saw both of his children safe and fast asleep. But later that morning, at around 5.45, Akila woke up and began to draw a bath for her two children. Bath time was usually a nighttime ritual, but a power outage the night prior caused their bath to be pushed to right before school. But when Akila went to wake her children up for their bath, she found that Asia was gone. Her bed was empty. The degrees did the right thing here and they immediately called police. But after searching, they could not find the nine-year-old. All of the doors to the degree home were still locked and there was no sign of a break-in. It just seemed that Asia just vanished. And it didn't take long for the police to speculate that Asia most likely ran away from home. Asia's backpack and Tweety Bird purse were both missing, along with some of her clothes, suggesting that Asia packed her bags. Her brother had heard her stirring in her bed that night, but he just figured that she was readjusting or turning over in her sleep. But from what I shared with you so far, you may think, Sophia, this does not sound like a child that would run away. Because remember, she was described as being shy and timid. Well, Asia had an interesting week at school. The day before she disappeared, Asia's 
basketball team lost their first game of the season. Asia was a star point guard of the team and actually fouled out during the game. The girls, being only nine, cried together after the loss. Asia's parents claimed that she felt better and calmed down a few hours after the game. Also at school, Asia's fourth grade class was reading The Whipping Boy by Sid Fleischman. I read the Wikipedia synopsis of this book, so you don't have to, but in short, it is a fantasy story about a prince and a boy, and whenever the prince does something wrong, instead of him getting whipped, the boy will get punished in his place. In this story, though, the prince and the boy run away together and embark on this fantastical adventure, but in the end, they both return home unharmed. Some speculate that this book, along with losing the basketball game, could be the cause of Asia running away. Now, there are also testimonies from two drivers who saw a little black girl walking by herself on the side of Highway 18 North, only a mile from her home, between 3.30 and 4.15 a.m. Remember, Asia was last seen safe at home at 2.30 a.m. when Harold checked on the children before bed. So by 3.30 to 4.15, this could have been her. One of the witnesses, a truck driver, thought it was weird to see a child her size walking around by herself at night, especially when at that time there was a raging rainstorm happening in Shelby. He tried to follow her in his vehicle, but she walked off the road into the thunderstorm and he did not pursue her any further. Now, quick pause here because PSA, okay, you do not have to be Superman and put yourself in danger, but the least you can do here is contact authorities. I just know he had a radio and he could have called for help. And another part about this that bugs me is that he only came forward after she was already reported missing and after he already saw her story being told on the news. If only he had stopped his car and followed her, we would probably not be here today talking about Asia's disappearance. On February 15th, police found some of Asia's belongings scattered at the entrance of a tool shed at an upholstery store on Highway 18, just over a mile from her house. So not too far from where the truck driver saw her walking. These belongings included a pencil, a marker, discarded candy wrappers, and her Mickey Mouse hairball. Strangely, police found amongst Asia's possessions a photograph of a little black girl who looked to be around Asia's age. Now, this is terrifying to me because the photograph did not seem to belong to Asia and the girl in the photo has yet to be identified. The finding of these items caused police to change the course of their investigation. They were now sure that there was foul play involved. And now it's time to hear from our sponsor, Way. So 
So lately, with this cold weather, especially where I live in the Midwest, I have been struggling with dry skin. Even with drinking tons of water, my skin has just been sad. But today's sponsor, Way, can help with that with their Melrose Place Body Cream. This body cream provides hydration that lasts, which is so, so important when you are washing your hands more times than you can count in a single morning. The Way Melrose Place Body Cream includes high-quality ingredients such as coconut oil and kupuasu butter to nourish your skin and banish that icky winter dryness that I know a lot of y'all are dealing with right now. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, code BELIEVE. And now let's get back to our story. Towards the end of February, after no new leads in Asia's case, the FBI was called in. And the FBI confirmed the police's theory that Asia possibly ran away and met with foul play. And the FBI did agree with the fact that Asia's case just was not your typical runaway. Usually runaways are at least in their preteen years and Asia was only nine. Also, Asia had a wonderful home life. So her case was not your textbook runaway case. That's why there has been speculation over the years that Asia could have had scheduled a meeting with an adult who had ill intentions. On August 3rd, 2001, construction workers found Asia's backpack, which was wrapped in a plastic bag at their construction site. The backpack even had Asia's name still on it. But despite it being her backpack, there were items in it that could not be confirmed to be Asia's. The FBI found a copy of McElligot's Pool by Dr. Seuss and a new Kids on the Block shirt. Now, the book could have been hers as it was a library book from her school, but the shirt has never been seen before. After this discovery, the case just went cold. A full decade went by without any new leads in Asia's case. The degrees continued to keep Asia's name alive by appearing on the TV circuit. Um, her mother, Ikila, knew that her daughter's case was not getting the same attention as, say, JonBenet Ramsey because she was black. So she worked tirelessly to keep Asia's case in the public eye, which I'm sure was just very, very hard for her emotionally. Akila's presence paid off, though, because in January 2014, police had a suspect, 52-year-old Donald Preston Ferguson, was arrested for a 1990 murder and sexual assault of seven-year-old Shalanda Poole in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, Shalanda's case is eerily similar to Asia's. She, too, disappeared from her bedroom early in the morning, only for her body to be found a day later. Shalanda was around the same age as Asia when she went missing. 
and is also an adorable little black girl. So police thought that Donald, who had committed other assaults, could have had something to do with Asia's disappearance. But police just couldn't find any clear evidence linking Donald to Asia. See, Donald knew Shalonda and her family. And Donald even confessed to the murder of Shalonda. And that's just where the trail ends with Donald. Just with these eerie similarities. So in 2015, so exactly 15 years later, the FBI decided to re-examine the case, posting a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for her disappearance. The reward worked because in 2016, the FBI released new information. Someone reported that on the night of her disappearance, they saw a on Route 18, getting into what could have been a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark IV or a Ford Thunderbird. The witness got such a good look at the car that they were even able to notice rust along the wheel well. Since this witness came forward with this car description, nothing else has been made public. The FBI just posted a photo of what the car could have looked like in hopes of getting any new tick. In 2020, convicted sex offender Marcus Mellon wrote in a letter to the Shelby star that Asia was murdered and that he knew where to find her remains. But upon investigation, Marcus's story was revealed to be a complete hoax, a waste of time, and another dead end. Before closing, I just would like to discuss media coverage of Asia's case. You know, once again, I am running into the same problem as last week where I see a lot of local stories about Asia, but absolutely no stories, at least none that has since been archived on the internet by national news outlets, despite FBI involvement. The only ones talking about this case really are podcasters like me, which is just sad because this story needs more reach. Especially now that we are collecting the DNA of every inmate, we have a huge database of suspects to work through. And the FBI has yet to release any DNA evidence, but because this is an open investigation, they may have some and are just keeping mum on the matter. And I'm saying they may because they actually recovered key items from her disappearance, such as her backpack, her candy wrappers, things like that. But, you know, there is a chance that she could still be alive. And that's what the degrees believe. They believe that Asia is still out there somewhere, possibly not even knowing that she's missing. And because of that, I will put Asia's photo and an age progression in the show notes so that way you can keep an eye out. At the time of her disappearance, Asia was 4'6 and weighed 60 pounds. She was an adorable little black girl with brown eyes and brown hair. Her birthday is August 5th, 1990. If you have any tips or information, please contact the Charlotte FBI at 704-672-6100. I will also post a link to where you can submit an anonymous tip online. And now it's time for our knitter mission. So you may notice that my set looks a little bit different. By different means I'm shifted and it's driving me crazy in the viewfinder because I just think I'm crooked and I may be. 
but I'm trying to add more things to my wall because I feel like I'm in a prison with just this plain blue wall. So if you're watching, um, my set may look a little bit different next time I'm up here. I also have a really, really fun guest next week. I'm so excited and I'm not going to share who they are, but just know that it's going to be fun next week with my first guest of the season. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that right now. We're here to talk about my knitter mission. What have I been working on? Well, besides my book, which is up for pre-order, link in description, knit two socks in one, okay, check out my book. But besides that, I have been taking time to challenge myself as a designer. So you may notice that I am the circular yoke queen when it comes to designing circular yoke sweaters. I design a lot of them. And the reason why I do is because I just love that you can put so much fun design features at the top yoke. And when I say yoke, I mean like the top of your sweater. So the top half of your sweater where all your shoulder shaping are is, that's what I mean by yoke. And so I have been the queen of circular yokes because I just love how easy they are. I love the way that they fit because they're not a precise fit, but they have like a rustic fit that I really love right now. Another thing that I really like about them is that they're super easy and they work on all body types, you know, men, women, children. So it's been helpful because I've been lately, I have been wanting to design more projects that are meant to span more age groups. So that's why I've been liking the circular yoke. But I've decided to try something different. So now I am designing a top down saddle sleeve sweater. And a saddle sleeve is a sweater that has two like panels on the shoulders where you can put some fun design element. But other than that, it fits and looks similar to a set in sleeve. And what I like about saddle shoulders is that you get this cute area where you have a design element similar to why I love the circular yoke so much. But another thing I like about the saddle shoulder is that it fits like a set in sleeve. So it's going to fit you like a lot of the commercial sweaters that you already love and it's not going to have that extra underarm baggage that circular yokes have just because a circular yoke is is exactly what it sounds like it's a big circle and your body isn't a big circle and uh, i just want to try something different i wanted to update my size chart to reflect a different style and i'm super excited because i know a lot of different people don't like knitting circular yokes because it is not a precise Bit, and they may feel like it is not flattering to their body type, which I think is complete, as they say in my old British Victorian novels that I've been reading now, because I'm an old fart, um, complete bosh, as they say, because if it fits you, it's for your body type. Done and done. I, If you like it, wear it, okay? So, but I completely understand that some may prefer the sudden sleep because that fit, that fit is just perfect. So this design is going to be designed. <laughs> this design is going to be designed. That's terrible English, but I'm going to keep it in there. Um, for all adults, regardless of their gender body type, um, I believe I go up to a size, is it a 62 or 64? I probably should know this. It's my size chart, but I go up that far because I mean, we all have different body types and we all have different needs for our body types. So yeah, I'm just super excited to release that and get that started. It's going to be a super long test knit because it is a top down set in sleeve. So a lot of people may not be familiar with that construction or as comfortable and that's okay. You can still test if you are unsure about that. So 
yeah, that's what I have been working on. I also have been working on my a design that's coming out next month in February. So in a few days, not in a few days, but February is in a few days probably for now. But at the end of February, I'm going to have this design done. It's a mitten that's going to have a draw. So it's a fingerless glove by day. Okay, so you can flip it open and have a fingerless glove. Really, really cute with the eyelets. And then with the drawstring, you pull it tight and you have a mitten by night. Okay, so cool. So cool. And you can leave it open like this. But this will drive me crazy because... I live in a really, really cold place, Midwest, as I keep talking about, because it's so cold compared to, you know, I used to live in New Jersey where the wind chill wasn't like that bad, okay? Midwest is mad windy, which makes it feel colder to me than where I used to live. But anyway, so this would drive me crazy if this was open. So it's going to be a drawstring. And you can also have it so you can uh, just knit a mitten. Or you can just knit it as a fingerless glove. It's completely up to you. You are the boss of your mitten sauce. So that is my next design. And I'm excited for that. If you're interested about seeing my designs before they're released, I highly recommend you check out my Patreon. I love asking you guys input for my designs and things like that. I'm definitely going to put my top down saddle sleeve design once it looks like something more than a than a handkerchief because right now it's just a square but once look more than a handkerchief i'll def handkerchief i'll definitely put that on uh, on my patreon so you can see what i'm working on and i do ask y'all for input because it is just so fun to talk to you guys. and now for today's question i would like you to tell me if you haven't knitted a set and sleep before? What are you afraid of? Let me know in the comments in the show notes or the comments on YouTube. My name is Sophia Talley and this has been True Crime and Knit. For more information, including show notes and sources, please visit www.thedrugcleaner.com slash true crime. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.